0: Thank you for joining Long Story Short. I'm Liz Calloway. You know, we always have talked about abortion topics on the radio show and on this podcast. And, and I think back and I think, uh, think about when you're younger. Did you think much about abortion? I mean, maybe you had peace of mind knowing that it existed just in case, but you, I'm not sure, but maybe you never felt it was right, but never spent a lot of time thinking about it. But I, the one thing I always wondered about is what doctors who performed abortions, what do they think about abortion? Not in a religious sense, not in a political sense. A lot of people bring those things into it. But as a doctor, as a person um, whose uh, main objective is to preserve life, well, we have a chance to speak with a former Um, abortion doctor who is a retired OBGYN. She's going to tell us more about her career and what she is doing now. It is Dr. Kathy Altman. Good morning, Dr. Altman.
1: Good morning. How are you?
0: Good. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I wanted to ask you, uh, you are a retired board-certified OBGYN, and you're currently an associate scholar with the Charlotte Lozier Institute. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and what the uh, institute is about?
1: Well, the um, Charlotte Lozier Institute is the research and education arm of Susan B. Anthony List, and they try to um, help get pro-life legislators elected on a national level.
0: Okay. All right. That's, uh, that's okay. I had no idea what that was about, but I was reading more and more about your history. And, uh, it says here that you were a, uh, you know, you're retired now, but a board certified OBGYN from 1981 to 2014. And that early in your career, you did abortions, um, And uh, I was also reading that you worked for a rape treatment center as well and Planned Parenthood. So can you kind of put that in a timeline for me?
1: Okay. So um, when I I started my uh, residency program, um, I believed that abortion was a woman's right. And so when the time came for us to learn to do abortions, Mm -hmm. I didn't take care, I didn't take advantage of the uh, conscience clause, which would have exempted me from that training if I'd so desired. But because I believed in it, I didn't. And so I learned how to do first trimester um, DNC with suction abortions. And then I went above and beyond and went outside my program to learn how to do uh, actual D and E abortions, which are done in the second trimester, and we call them dismemberment abortions.
0: So you, are, so what was the latest gestational period uh, that you went to when you were doing an abortion? Just help us understand
1: that. You know, I I, I blanked out so much of that. I mm. probably couldn't. I couldn't probably couldn't tell you that. Um, I know the. The one that I remember the most was a 16-week, but the um, when I was doing my pre- preceptorship, um, we, were, we were doing them much, much later, um, after 20 weeks even, wow. after five months, yeah.
0: Okay, and I'm sure, I'm going to take a chance, uh, you know, I know nothing about being a medical doctor, but um, I'm sure each, every case is completely different in how the abortion is performed, you know, not only because of the, the time frame of it, but I mean, there's all sorts of circumstances, I'm sure just like there is delivering babies.
1: Well, for the, for the first trimester DNC with suctions, um, it changes a little as the pregnancy progresses, mm-hmm. but it's basically, um, basically the same procedure. Basically you're, um, Dilating the cervix and then inserting a suction cannula and then sucking out everything that's in the uterus. Mm-hmm. And so as the as the fetus goes through this small opening in the suction, it's basically broken into pieces mm-hmm. um, and, and then removed.
0: Okay, now um, there's a lot of talk about. I just wanted to clear this up because there's a lot of a talk, lot of talk now with Roe v. Wade hanging in the balance, um, implantation, fertilization. You know, fertilization I believe comes first, and then implantation. And and Oklahoma came up with a ban on abortion from fertilization, which um, I was just wondering. Can you explain that to us? Because a lot of us don't understand the difference.
1: Well, the first thing I wanna say is with Roe v. Wade, even if Roe v. Wade is overturned, it will not um, stop abortion. Mm-hmm. All all that does is return the decision to the state. So each, de- each state can make their own laws and own decisions about abortion. But, right. excuse me
0: go ahead. No, I was going to say, so if, you know, so states, you know, some can say, oh, we we won't do it in the third trimester. Other states say when we hear a heartbeat and now Oklahoma Mm -hmm. seems like it's saying like, never. I mean, that's basically what they're saying. I I would say, uh, fertilization is before implantation. Um, and so I guess that would outlaw what people call plan B, the plan B pill or pack of pills.
1: Yes. If if they're outlawing um, abortion from fertilization on, then it would outlaw anything that would kill a pregnancy after Mm -hmm. fertilization. So after the sperm meets the egg, Mm -hmm. that's scientifically, that's when life begins. That's when an individual has all of their unique uh, DNA.
0: So, okay. So... Did you always? I mean, you probably learned that in medical school, right?
1: High school, really. and, okay, right? In <laughs> high
0: school, right? Biology, ninth grade biology. Mm-hmm. So, so if that's when life begins, you know, officially according to science, what, what, how did you feel about conducting an abortion, even in the first trimester? Then, I mean, like, how did you? separate that I mean did you consider it life or you know it was life but what kind of life is it I mean is it I'm just wondering where that was in your
1: mind I I never I never really thought about it you know in medicine we're taught taught to compartmentalize mm-hmm. and I guess that's what I had done but I did not see the the human fetus as any different than the chick embryos that I used to dissect in college hmm And so I didn't, I didn't see them as people. Um, so I saw no problem with it. When did things start to change for you? (laughs) Um, well, the only time I had qualms during my residency program was when I was in my neonatal rotation. And I realized that I was trying to save babies the same size as babies Mm. that I had learned to abort. Um, So that was the only time then. And I got pregnant during my last year of residency and I continued to moonlight doing abortions even then. And I felt like um, I didn't see any um, uh, contradiction. My baby was wanted, their baby wasn't. Mm. That was my big deciding factor. And so I continued to do abortions almost to term. But when I went back, After I delivered, somehow I must have made the baby fetus connection because after I went back, um, I found that I could no longer kill babies just because they weren't wanted. Mm -hmm. The sad thing is, the sad thing is that I still believed in abortions and still referred, but I couldn't personally stomach doing it anymore.
0: So then you stopped doing it. Now, I was reading um, about you that you also served as the medical director for Planned Parenthood of Northeast Florida in the early eighties is what did you learn about the abortion as a business
1: there? Well, um, when I was um, when I was medical director of Planned Parenthood, um, they were not doing abortions in Jacksonville. Oh, and so at the time they made the decision to do um, to start doing abortions, that's when I quit.
0: Is that why you quit?
1: Yes. Oh,
0: okay. And because you had already decided that you didn't want to perform them anymore, Correct. Before that, okay. Right. So there was something that you said earlier was that um, you you blocked out a lot of the late-term abortions you did. Um, tell me when you just, dis- like that moment when you decided that it wasn't right and it's not only not right for you to do, but it really wasn't right across the board. I mean, I'm, I don't know if I'm, term- um, I'm phrasing that correctly, but you, know, you found a, a, that it was morally wrong what you were doing.
1: Okay, well, it's interesting. <laughs> it took God a while. <laughs> um, the first thing that the first thing that happened was, um, well, actually, let me just say this: I became a Christian, but I still maintained my belief about abortion, mm-hmm. which is sad. Um, but then, in my practice, I noticed that there were these young women with unplanned pregnancies who were doing really, really well. Uh, keeping their babies and then there were these other women who were suffering with the complications both emotional and physical of abortion and that didn't really jive with the with the feminist rhetoric that i had believed and then um, i had started going to a church and i was teaching sunday school and i had these precious some of these precious little kids in my sunday school and it turned out that some of their Some of their mothers had considered abortion. They weren't married. And um, I don't know if they actually considered it, but they made the choice not to Mm -hmm. abort. And I kept thinking, oh, my gosh, these precious little children wouldn't be here if their mothers had made another decision. Well, um, one day, um, a Christian friend came to me and he said, Kathy, I know that you feel strongly about abortion, but would you... Be willing to read this article, and so I said, "Okay, I'll read it." I have to preface this with the fact that my dad um, was with the company that liberated the first uh, concentration camp in World War II. So I grew up with all those pictures and Mm -hmm. stories. Well, the article, the article compared abortion to the Holocaust, and. I remember when I became a doctor thinking, how could the German doctors, you know, do what they did? And how could the Germans do what they did? How could the Nazis, Mm -hmm. you know, kill so many people? Right. And as reading, after I read that article and I was thinking about my behavior and what I had done, and suddenly I thought, well, they could do it same way I could do it. I didn't consider fetuses as human beings. They didn't consider their victims as human Mm -hmm, beings. mm -hmm. And that allows you in your mind to be able to justify whatever you're doing. And that was the first time that I saw myself as a mass murderer.
0: Right. Wow. A mass murderer.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: How many babies um, or how many abortions have you performed?
1: Do you think, you know, I didn't know the answer to that for a long time. And finally, I called up my one of my partners who was in residency with me and and we um, alternated weekends, moonlighting. And I asked him to help me try to figure out Mm -hmm. how many abortions I had done because he was a real numbers person and he knew how many he'd done. And we figured out it probably was around 500. Wow. Okay.
0: how have you made amends for this in your
1: soul with God? Um, it took a lot of prayer and counseling. Thankfully, I was surrounded by Christians. Thankfully, God helped me become a Christian first. So all that was in place. Um, and um, one friend gave me a um, a book about post-abortion syndrome, which I read. Hmm. Um, and then... I went to the uh, Christian Healing Center with, with the McNuts here in Jacksonville. Uh, a woman in our church, uh, Norma Deering, uh, worked there as a counselor, and she talked me into coming up and they prayed with me. And um, and basically I saw I, I, I saw myself at the feet of Jesus, and he said, why are you more important than I am? Are you more um, powerful than I am that I can forgive you and you can't forgive yourself. Hmm. And it, it was, uh, that was sort of the turning point for me was then. And then I basically said, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And do you think God
0: was, you know, we all understand that God has a plan for us, And do you think he was using you to do what you're doing now? Like, I mean, it's part of the process to change, you know, is he using you to change the hearts and minds and, and put it in a more of a
1: scientific way? Well, I, I hope so. You know, I don't think it was his plan for me to do abortions. You know, that was my choice. But I think he took that, um, once he was able to get through to me, um, he took all the bad things, you know, I did Mm -hmm. and has been able to use those, um, to, to help me try to tell people the truth about abortion.
0: What is the truth about abortion, Dr. Altman? And we're speaking with Dr. Kathy Altman, um, What is the truth about it? What is the, like the misconceptions that you hear all the time? Because we talk to people all the time and we can say abortion's wrong. Don't do it, you know, Mm pro-life. But what is it that you know about abortion that other people are just, it's just, they're just missing the
1: point? Well, the thing is, we're not just talking about a pregnancy We're we're not talking about a blob of tissue. We're talking about individual human beings. And we're talking about taking away their lives, basically. And I hate to say it, but basically for convenience, because our our society has decided that they would rather invest in abortion than invest in work programs to support You know, women and families and to um, using it to solve our societal ills is what they've done. And when you and we've become so blind to it that we don't we don't we don't see it. Um, But if you were looking from the outside at us, you would be thinking, oh, my gosh, this is so horrible. They've they kill their babies so that they can have these other things rather than designing their societies to support babies and mothers.
0: One of the things I wanted to ask you about in particular was because you've seen the, the, you know, all different reasons why women get an abortion. The first thing I wanted to ask you was, what is the most common reason when you're giving a referral, does a woman get an abortion? What is the most common reason?
1: Well, I have to tell you that I never, ever did an abortion to save a woman's life wow. or or because um, there was any medical issue or fetal issue. Never. Out of 500. They, yeah. They were all by choice. Mm. And back then we had to give a reason. So I would normally have to suggest, well, wouldn't it affect your emotional health, Mm -hmm. your psychological health, if you had to have this baby right now. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what I would use, but it was generally just, they didn't want to be pregnant.
0: Wow. What in, in your mind, in your belief, what is your, um, what, where do you stand on abortion when it comes to someone who is a victim of a rape or incest?
1: Okay. Well, let me talk about incest first you know, we have this sort of, um, I don't know, trigger when we heard, hear the word incest. And, you know, years ago when the kings were interbreeding and everything, you know, apparently there were problems because of being inbred. But if you're talking about a one-time deal where, you know, two related people um, have a baby, it's unlikely there's going to be a problem with that baby. Um, and... What happens is perpetrators, child abusers, um, you know, fathers that are abusing their children, brothers that are abusing their sisters, um, they use abortion to cover their crimes. and Pan- Planned Parenthood has a horrible record hmm. in that they do not turn these people in. Wow. They turn a blind eye. And so, um and and even so far as to take these young girls, across state lines and, and get these abortions because that covers it up. Then there's no crime, you know, then they can get away with whatever they did. Same thing for human trafficking. Mm -hmm. You know, they can force these women to have abortions so they can keep, keep them working and, um, don't have the consequence of a baby. Right.
0: Now I wanted to ask you about Rape though. I mean, a okay. woman is so traumatized by, and in many cases, incest is, is, is a, f- a form of rape. I mean, in many cases, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, now with rape, people say, well, it's self-defense to kill the baby.
1: Mm-hmm. See, I don't, I don't agree with that at all. I used to, I mm-hmm. used to, until I m- met several women who had been raped and kept their babies and, you know, and talked to them. But bottom line it comes down to is this a human being is this a person or is it not a person Mm -hmm. and if it is a person then why does it matter how they came into being Mm -hmm. okay whether it was rape or some other reason for that individual why should their the the reason they were born dictate whether they get to to live or die the thing that people forget is pregnancy is not the worst thing that can happen to you. And so often um for a young girl especially to be then forced into into an abortion after a rape it's like um adding you know adding more trauma. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that it's not like a woman has to keep the baby after you know, after she's been raped, if she chooses to, she can give that baby up. She doesn't have to raise this baby and look at it every day. Many women though, who are raped, they do choose to keep their babies and and it's not traumatic to them. It would have been more traumatic to turn around and then kill the innocent victim of the rape, who, you know, in addition to the woman, the other innocent victim is the baby. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I've, I've always said, you know, what should we do to a convicted rapist, go to his house and kill his children? Does that make any yeah. sense? Like, it yeah. doesn't make any sense. It, you know, the, it's, you're punishing the wrong person. Be, but if mm-hmm. you don't see that as a person you know, then that's their train of thought. It's, uh, it's, It's I I never understand it. Yeah. Here's a a question. And, and, and unfortunately we're out of time, Dr. Altman, but I need to ask you this question. What is it, uh, you know, I've heard, I've read that you've testified before Congress on this topic. What is it that we need to do? um, I mean, is your goal to end abortion? What, what is your goal? Because if, if we can prove that it's life and I don't know what we need to do to prove that it's life and that it's murder in the womb, what, what more do they need to know? Don't we have
1: enough proof? We already have enough proof that that's where life begins. So, um, it's not science. What they're thinking is not scientific, but, Yes, I would like to see abortion end. I would like to stop the slaughter of all of these innocent children. 62 million in the United States since Roe v. Wade. Wow. That's unfathomable. I I hate unfathomable. And I hate the thought that this is what our country has come to. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to be developing support systems. And as a matter of fact, Uh, Susan B. Anthony List is compiling a a list of all the everything that's available to um, young mothers and pregnant women so that they don't have to have abortions. And part of their plan is to take the areas where they see that there are still um, holes in the in the safety net and beef those up so that so that we can support women and not Tell them, okay. In order to succeed, you have to kill your baby.
0: That is the message, like from Hollywood to politicians to mm-hmm. you know, uh, that that's the message we keep hearing. They keep shouting it from the rooftop. Um, I just need to ask you. I I know I said that was my last question, but I just have one more question. the The one thing that drives me insane is um, the the uh, partial birth abortion or late term abortion.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I I can't even. I don't want. I, you know. I. I want to ask you this question but I, I I know that you're trying to not think about those things but what can people understand about the the how awful that is I mean for the mother I mean isn't isn't the mother awake during this abortion I I don't understand how it happens and I think that's a lot of what the problem is people don't understand well,
1: what people don't realize is with late term abortions, it can't be done as an emergency. It's not like you're uh, rescuing a woman who's who's dying because it takes too long to do an abortion. Usually it takes a couple days to get the cervix dilated. Um, there There is no reason for a partial birth abortion. If if a and, and that occurs when all the way up to term, you can induce um you know induce labor dilate the cervix um well with partial birth abortion they basically dilate the cervix and then pull this baby out feet first and kill it right before they you know deliver it they they how suction can, How the can doctors out. do
0: that? How
1: because you become so desensitized oh gosh, there are I can't only imagine it. Yeah, there are only a few doctors in the nation that do that. But you know, you look at people like Gosnell and some of these others—they mm-hmm. are just totally corrupted mentally. Um, they
0: must, you know. Be.
1: Even when I was doing abortions, when I heard about the partial birth abortion technique, the D and X, I thought. Well, I don't understand why they're not being arrested. Mm-hmm. You know, why isn't that murder? Your child's partially born. Why isn't that murder? Um, even when I was doing abortions and was completely pro-abortion, I thought
0: that. So when we heard Governor Northam talking about, you know, a botched abortion where the baby is born alive and you just make it comfortable in another room and talk to the parents about it, what
1: what were you thinking? Well... You know, that's that's infanticide. That's, you know, how far have we come that we're even discussing this? And it it sickened me that when they were trying to pass the Born Alive Protection Act, people kept saying, oh, that doesn't happen. Of course, we have abortion survivors, so we know Mm -hmm. that it does happen. Yeah. Um, But, you know, they're, they're so blind and they have, you know, they just by continuing to lie, They, um, you know, repeating the lie, they get people to believe it, but um, that's infanticide. And they're in California now um, with their law, um, there's a loophole in there and it's something about if you, you know, if your baby dies in the perinatal period, we're not going to prosecute you. Mm hmm. You know, so if you just let that baby die, you won't be prosecuted. That was the first time
0: I ever heard that that term perinatal. And I was like, well, what does that mean? And so then some people said, oh, it could be seven days. It could be a a month. I'm like,
1: what? (laughs) Yeah. This all comes down to, is this a person or is it not a person? It is a person. And you know, yes, we all have individual rights, but those rights stop at somebody else's face. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't just do anything. um, If it hurts me, you know, you can't do it. So we need, you know, it's just a big lie that this is a women's rights issue. It's not a women's rights issue. It's a human rights issue. And this is probably the worst, um, you know, example of a, of a, human, human rights, um, um, violation, abuse, violation, abuse. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, it's, it's your life story is incredible. Uh, and you've just, you're using your life to just, um, affect change. And I know you've probably changed so many minds and hearts. I mean, have you, have you facilitated how the impact that you've
1: had when you have these talks, Well, I know that when I I gave a talk at my at my church back in 2019, I think it was and I was shocked at the number of people who came up to me afterwards. Now, this is a Christian church Mm -hmm. came up to me afterwards and and said, you know, I just was never really sure about abortion. I didn't want to make decisions about other people. And I thought it was a woman's right. But after hearing your story. I, I realize now that abortion is wrong and I was absolutely floored. Wow. And that's and,
0: exactly why you're doing what you're doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's amazing. If people wanted to find out more about you and follow you, Dr. Altman, what's the best way to do that?
1: Um, You know, I don't have any kind of website or anything. Just Google me or, um, um, uh, Go to the Charlotte Lozier website. I think my bio is there. It's um, a
0: it's a fascinating story. I think it should be a movie. I really do, <laughs> and I I really do. I I think it would it would change the world. I really do. It's uh um, you have the information that we need, and you've seen it from forward to back and back. You know, it's it, you've you've spoken to God, and you've heard God speaking to you. I just think. It's a, a story and I'm, I'm so happy that I have the opportunity to share it. So thank you so much for spending time with me today.
1: You're welcome.
0: And thank you for spending time with me. This is The Long Story Short. I'm Liz Calloway.